Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and with me today is director Jacqueline Castell, whose new movie, My Animal, is in theater September 8th and will be available on digital on September 15th. And I have questions because this is a very unusual story. It's a small town that happens to be the focus of a supernatural love story that has everything about your preconceptions about supernatural love stories kind of go sideways. <laughs> Hi, Jacqueline. Hello. It's so great to be here today. Thank you. And yeah, that was that was one of the things I was really attracted to about the project was that it was going to kind of uh, go against people's expectations. So was that the primary reason that this story uh, got your attention? Well, I think it's one part of it. But really, I mean, I think at the end of the day, when you you know, get a script, you have to emotionally connect with the characters and and connect with the world. And um, if that's not in place, then nothing else really matters. So that was the thing that um, I really connected to when I first um, got got the screenplay. I was like, I know this world, I know these characters, I feel so much of myself in this story. Um, And that was really what made me want to pursue it as a project. And from there, um, I was connected to the screenwriter, Jay Matthews, who I had met briefly before in music circles, but didn't realize that she um, also wrote uh, screenplays. So we met up in New York and we basically just kind of talked through the world and talked through um, her inspirations and talked about like all the connection points between our own lives. And from there, we decided to start working on the project together. And then we worked for, you know, about a year, just kind of improving the script and getting it ready for production. Um, and, and that was really kind of the process of how it all got um, started and put together. Now, this debuted at Sundance earlier this year, but I also read that it was part of a a special development program through Fantastic Fest. Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, so it was through, so not Fantastic Fest, but at Fantasia, close to close the name, but Fantasia in um, in uh, in Montreal. So yeah, Fantasia was, um, I love that festival. I think it's one of the most interesting and dynamic genre festivals that exists. And so I've always been a huge fan of them. They they've supported me in in various ways. Like I had a short film that was there and, you know, I pitched a couple different projects there and my animal was one of the projects that I pitched as a feature. Um, And yeah, so you, you, you basically, you go and you um, during the festival and you pitch your movies and you try to find people to partner with um, to make those movies, you know, um, come to fruition. So it's uh, a really special environment. that I just felt really lucky to be part of because you're kind of given the opportunity to connect with the other people that are going to understand what you're trying to do. Um, And I think the audiences at Fantasia in particular are very like primed for things that are a little bit different. Um, So it it was really cool being able to sort of like debut the, the pitch of the project in that kind of very public way at the festival. Nice. It, it sounds like you had a lot of support for, bringing this story to life on at all corners. So talk about the actual process of getting this on film. Oh, yeah, it was pretty wild, you know, because I think, 
you know, we, we had to make the whole movie during a pandemic, you know, like <laughs> even like the casting process started in May of 2020. And we actually had to push the movie for a year because of the pandemic. So it was really, there was a lot of twists and turns and there were a lot of ways that the movie shifted in ways that I never could have anticipated. And so I think a lot of it is just, you always kind of have to be like quick on your feet and you're always like problem solving and figuring out, you know, from every step of the process, from financing it to, um, to actually starting to prep the production. It, it was just, it was very slippery, you know, in terms of like, okay, now we're going to shoot it here. Now we're going to shoot it here. You know, we're going to now, now you have to have a totally different crew and this and this. So it was, it was a lot of like, you know, like, as I said, twists and turns in making it, but I think you just have to kind of stay true to like your convictions and no matter what kind of situation that you're thrown into, just always like believe in yourself when you're putting things together and believe in like your own intuition of something feels right or not. And so, um, you know, you, you just, you stick to that and then you start to put together your team and uh, yeah, then we, we went up to Timmins, Ontario, which is nine hours north of Toronto. So we were really isolated, which was kind of part of the point. Um, and to be like really isolated during a pandemic, shooting this movie in like the winter with like snow that was like up past, you know, like past your head everywhere you went in the town was kind of like a trip, you know? And it was like you, you're almost kind of creating you're creating uh, an environment for your actors to kind of like really live in and like really, and even in like your crew, everybody just starts to sink into the feeling that these characters are inherently feeling in the movie. So I find that really interesting just in terms of the ways you can um, experiment with space in that way as a, as a filmmaker. So yeah, so it was, it was a pretty, pretty wild process all the way around but you know we started off with cast and building the project around that and then as the financing came together then you know you start to put together all the like nuts and bolts of your of your crew and um all the locations so yeah it was it was pretty wild <laughs> well I don't want to give away too much and I don't want to spoil too much but what intrigued me was Heather's family dynamic especially when you find out that her heritage is, you know, werewolves. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and the family dynamic, it, it wasn't until after I finished that I started thinking about it. Even though half the family are wolves, there's not a wolf pack feeling to the family. They're they're a family unit, but they all seem so solitary. And I think that's what made Heather and Heather's falling for Johnny uh, that much more poignant. Was, was that intentional or did that come out in development during the, I guess, the, the development process? Oh, I mean, it was very intentional in terms of the separation that I wanted all the characters to feel because I think that every, what I think is really dynamic from a directing perspective from with the story is that I think all of the characters are struggling. They're all struggling to kind of like find their place in society, find it like, or, or within their family unit um, or who they are as an individual, but they're all expressing it in really different ways. 
And I think that's really compelling, right? Everybody has the same base need of wanting to be loved and accepted. It's just coming out in these, you know, like completely different ways, which I think is reflective of how most of humanity exists, right? You know, where there's generally like that same basic need that we all feel, but it gets expressed in such, such different, so many different ways. And so I, yeah, I really loved the family dynamic that was present in the screenplay. I just felt like I really connected with it. It was similar to some of my own family's dynamics. And I felt, you know, it's like, like this, this sense of like the outsider within the pack or that, you know, Heather feels that sense of isolation. I feel like Patty as a character really feels that way. Like I, you know, it was purposeful that we always put her in like a fur coat because it was like this idea that she secretly wanted to be a wolf and she felt really cut out from the family because she wasn't that too. And there's like a pain and a suffering in that, not only like the fear that she's going to be attacked once a month, you know, by her family, but also that, you know, she secretly, she wants to be part of that too. And she wants to connect on that level, but she can't connect in the same way um that Heather connects with her father as an example like that's just so that's a different kind of bond that she'll never be able to compete with and so she then sort of that isolation forces her to you know puts her in a position where she's decided to handle it by drinking right and so she loses herself in that as a way to escape the reality that she never she just is never going to fit in with this family dynamic and then pushes people away even more as a result but it's all coming from this deep desire to be loved and I just find that really, really, really interesting. And because Heather feels that disconnect, there's so there's like a longing of wanting to fall in love, of wanting to connect with somebody. And that's like a very deep yearning for her. So it's like someone like Johnny comes into her world and completely throws it upside down um, because it's like connecting with that that deep need to be loved and to be seen too for who you truly are and that's a like a really big part of the theme of the movie as well right like authenticity and how one expresses themselves um you know like in within society you know and that conflict that exists uh, that people feel so commonly of um being afraid that if they actually like show people who they really are in this case a werewolf but as a larger metaphor um, that they'll be somehow rejected or that they won't be able to have meaningful relationships in their life as a result. But I think the end of the sort of like story is that Heather has to come to that on her own and on her own terms. And she's got to accept herself and, you know, um, be in her own place of like becoming um, before she's able to really like, you know, um, connect with other people in the same kind of way. So I really think there's there's a, a set, like the transformation that exists in this film is not just physical, but it's also almost a spiritual transformation that she must go through in order to get to that next level um, of her, like um, of her accepting herself. Yeah, one of, uh, one of the lines that really struck me was her father telling her, like when she sees she's having trouble with who she thought was going to become her girlfriend. He says uh, something like, don't, don't stay too long here because eventually you will find someone who will accept you for yourself like your mother did with me. And I was like, wow, that's, that's very deep. He knows what's going on. He doesn't care that his daughter is interested in falling in love with another girl. And he's like, just write it out and be with it 
and move through. And that, that struck me as very uh, compassionate and understanding and sort of like the whole root of what the emotional theme in the film was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, he's such a just great dad figure, you know, because he he just he's the one kind of person in Heather's life who completely accepts her for who she is. Like he had, he's like kind of almost like the gatekeeper to all her secrets, right? Like he knows what her secrets are. There's like that line even earlier in the, in the story, like, you know, your secret's safe with me. Right. But that's like got multiple meanings. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, I love that she has that one figure in her life and that's why it's so devastating. Well, I don't want to get into spoilers, but you know, like he, he's a real rock for her in terms of her own self-development and really encouraging her because he's had to walk that path himself as a werewolf, right? Like he's had to, he understands the pain of, of not being able to, to, there's no way he can possibly fit into society, you know, because of his own, you know, um, connection to, you know, uh, being a werewolf. So it's, um, I, I really love the relationship that the two of them have in the movie. Mm-hmm. The funny thing, the scene that I did not see coming was the two girls in the car doing donuts on a frozen baseball field while expressing their disdain for uh, Johnny's sometimes ex-boyfriend, Pete. And I was like, you can only do that in the winter. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. It's it was it, That was a really fun scene to shoot. And it was like, you know, it was... Heather kind of expressing her her rage that you know that that Rick's a baseball player and it's kind of like all right we'll go like you're gonna you know mess me up or you know mess with Johnny then like we'll mess with you in this in this symbolic way so I I always I I really love that scene um because it was also just really difficult for us to execute on set like because everybody kind of told me there's no way you're gonna be able to shoot that and I just really stuck to my guns on it. And I was like, no, we're, we're going to shoot this. It's going to happen. And we had, there was lots of snow plows involved and switching of baseball fields. There was the, the original baseball field that we had, there was concerns because there was like a pitching mound that was built up more. And so it was like, well, we're not going to be able to find it because there's so much snow. So like, it could actually like really, like it could be really bad for the sun driver because I don't know where it is. And so we, we switched really last minute to um, another baseball field that we felt that we could plow effectively. And then we just in the nick of time, like booked it in time, got a bulldoze. And I think there was so much nervousness. Oh, is this going to work? Is, are the donuts going to work? Is this going to be okay? Cause we're also at this vintage car and all these, all these other sort of elements to it. But then we got on set and our stunt driver, Stephanie was so amazing. She had like and she was perfect. She had red hair, you know, like she could totally like pass for for Heather. And it was really fun because when we shot some of those bigger, wider shots of them doing the donuts, we had our, our, our second AC, Lindsay. She was in the car with her. And so it was just the two of them. And we had the we had it mic'd on the inside and you could just hear them laughing so hard as they were just like spinning around. And there was so much joy that day. And we actually we shot that scene really quickly. And it was the one I was most terrified about. I was like, oh, we're gonna have so many technical problems. And then we didn't, and it and it worked. And it was a real moment of, of triumph for me on the production. I felt really good that day. <laughs> nice. So are you working on anything else now that you can talk about? 
Um, yes, I mean, I have, uh, there's lots in the works right now, which is really exciting, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep it a little like quiet for now, but it is, uh, on the same kind of, um, I'll say that it's, it's an occult erotic thriller, um, which I'm really excited about, um, with some similar, similar themes, but, uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. So that's, that, that'll be next, but that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for your time today. The movie is My Animal, out in theaters September 8th and on digital on September 15th. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi right after this. Escape Pod, the free science fiction podcast brought to you by Escape Artists. I rippled a welcoming cadence of light beneath my skin, and then, seeing the newcomer was human, made my best approximation of a smile. Welcome to Helixer Transgalactic Lounge. Each week, one story told well. She should have never come back to this God's forsaken junk heap of a space station. But she couldn't help but miss it when she was away for too long. From the most astonishing and visionary storytellers of the genre. But because time is a trick of the mind, it can be hacked. And we have gotten good at it. We had to. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on the web at escapepod.org. And on Patreon under EA Podcasts. Hi, this is Kyle Harris from Form Stitchers, and you're listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. Again, the movie is My Animal from Paramount Global Distribution. It's in theaters September 8th and will be available on digital on September 15th. So if atmospheric supernatural slash paranormal romances are in your wheelhouse go ahead and check this one out he said it did really well at Sundance earlier this year and has been getting a lot of acclaim given the uh, budget they had the effects aren't over the top. They're really, really subtle, but you can tell when the effects are in place. Stephen McCaddy as Heather's father, the alpha of the pack, so to speak, the father, he's got a really, really understated performance that is just so heartwarming. He sees that his little girl is growing up. She has a set of younger twin brothers who are on the edge of being unruly terrors. (laughs) And hockey is what keeps the family together for the moment. And his compassion 
for what his little girl is going through. I mean, she's growing up. She's grown up and trying to find her place. And eventually we, we discover along with her that her place is not in this town and we wish her well on her journey. But how about you? What sort of family dynamic strangeness self-discovery type genre movies do you like to watch let me know call in the voicemail number is 602-635-6976 or you can shoot me an email summer at sliceofsci-fi.com you can also comment over at twitter at slice of sci-fi or leave a comment in the discussion section for this episode over on the website, sliceofsci-fi.com. We're looking into blue sky. As soon as I get something, I'll let you know. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening through Apple or are a member of Podchaser, consider leaving us a review or a rating over there. Those reviews really help boost our profiles, help more people find the show, and maybe they'll enjoy it as much as you do. I'd like to thank everyone who is currently helping to support Slice of Sci-Fi and all of the other podcasts and websites in the Slice of Sci-Fi universe. Your donations through PayPal, your pledges through Patreon really do help keep things online around here. So thank you so much for your support, your continued support. It, it really does mean a lot to me. My heartfelt gratitude goes out to everyone helping <laughs> helping this geeky machine keep going. If you'd like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Pick a tier, any tier. And every month I randomly choose an email address out of the hat and that person gets to pick from a book, a DVD, a Blu-ray, a 4K, the review materials around here that uh, I received to cover on Slice of Sci-Fi, on Babylon Podcast, on Writers After Dark. I don't get to keep all of it because I really don't have the space for all of it. So the supporters and fans of the shows get first dibs. If you prefer to support in, a, in other ways, you can go to paypal.me slash sci-fi summer and donate every now and then rather than committing to a monthly pledge through Patreon. And uh, I am working on some other options, a Discord server for all of the shows and all of the interests that cross over between them. If, uh, if joining a Discord server for Slice of Sci-Fi interest you, let me know. I'm trying to get a feel for where we can take this as a community. 
One of the things that interests me about Discord is I could do live streams in there. Uh, could be special interview live streams for uh, paid supporters. That's an option that's really, really high on the list that intrigues me. Uh, that's just one of the ideas I've got rolling around here to make things better and easier on my end and more fun for you on your end. You can also check out our content over on YouTube. We have uh, movie reviews and the occasional funny contributions from other uh, friends and neighbors of Slice of Sci-Fi. And pretty soon, some old content will be showing up over there. Old podcasts that uh, haven't been online for a while. The Babylon 5 audio drama, Voices of Babylon, will eventually be showing up over there. As well as uh, Kick-Ass Mystic Ninjas, so stay tuned for that. You can also help support efforts here through... Our affiliate store, which is over at sliceofsci-fi.net, you can browse through our curated selections of uh, books, TV shows, and movies, stuff that we have found interesting that you might have forgotten about or not heard of. So that uh, catalog over there is growing, and like I said, everything over there is an affiliate link, so your purchases there also help out here. But that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next time. Take care. Mm -hmm.